0: Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In this episode, I'll talk with Caroline and Samuel Nordland and share about the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get In Tune! From the Hebrew Scriptures of the Bible, Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23, in the King James Version, says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. These two verses were clearly the inspiration to Thomas Chisholm, the author of Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Thomas Chisholm was born in 1866 in a log cabin in Franklin, Kentucky, and lived a relatively uneventful life. Uh, He was a schoolteacher and an insurance salesman and a newspaper editor. But during that uh, somewhat unremarkable life, he did write over 1,200 poems and hymn texts. You may be familiar with one of his other popular hymn texts, Living for Jesus. Though perhaps unremarkable, Thomas Chisholm reflected at the end of his life, My income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years, which has followed me on until now although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God, and that He has given me many wonderful displays of His providing care, for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. A poignant recollection, and one that certainly fits with the themes of the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. The tune for this hymn uh, is called Faithfulness and was written by William Runyon. William Runyon was born in Marion, New York, in 1870, and even at the age of 12 was a substitute church organist. As an adult, he became a Methodist minister and served churches in Kansas. Uh, He also worked in evangelism uh, and then eventually served the Moody Bible Institute and Hope Publishing Company. He had partnered with Chisholm in writing a number of tunes for Chisholm's hymn texts, and this pairing with Great Is Thy Faithfulness was written in 1923. The Billy Graham Crusade in England in 1954 featured the singing of Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and it was that point that the hymn uh, became popular on both sides of the Atlantic. Both the text and tune follow some of the uniquenesses of gospel hymnody. You'll notice that there are references uh, to the first person, me and I and my. There's also a slower harmonic rhythm, meaning the chords change perhaps less frequently than some other categories of hymns, and also a refrain that repeats at the end of each stanza. The end of this podcast will include the singing of Great is Thy Faithfulness by the children and full congregation of the Vestavia Hills Baptist Church, accompanied by organ and the church orchestra. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of this podcast, feel free to email me at marty at vhbc.com. Well, these podcast conversations have been a real treat for me to be able to get to talk to different people each week and to get to know about them a little bit more and to be able to share that with uh, folks in our church and community. So I'm really glad today to have Caroline and Samuel Nordland with me. Welcome.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having
0: us. You're, you're my first um, couple guest. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about a bar uh, that we're going to be setting here. So,
0: <laughs> well, um, I know that you both come from musical families. Tell tell us a little bit about um, your your family background and um, the, how music was a part of that. You want
1: to go first? Oh, you can go first. Okay. Um, well, I grew up um, in a Southern Baptist household. Um, My mother um, is still a church organist. She still plays occasionally. Um, So for as long as I can remember, the organ has been the sound of my childhood. So every Saturday night I would hear uh, hymns. And as I got older, um, I would be pulled into the music room to to start doing um, any pieces with her that I would be playing in church. And um, so the... Church music has always been a a really um, big part of my background. Um, I started private piano lessons when I was five and then began private violin lessons when I was eight. And then I kept both of those up um, through high school and then through my sophomore year of college. And then that's when I decided to finally drop the piano and just focus on violin. So a little bit of a nutshell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I started. I actually originally started cello when I was four and then quit. Um, did not have the right teacher for a four-year-old, which I now completely understand. <laughs> it's extremely hard to teach any four-year-old, but um, it can be done. But I restarted in a Suzuki program in Penfield, New York, suburb of Rochester, when I was six, and it's uh, pretty rare to have a after-school strings program like that, but I had friends doing it. My sister had already started violin, so I definitely didn't want to do violin. Cello it was. Um, and my, my mom is also a musician and um, a <clears throat> retired professor of music education at Sanford. And um, she went to Eastman. So that we were, um, and my, my dad had taught up at the University of Rochester. So I was born up there, um, upstate New York. And, um, The music was always part of our family. My dad was a, a, not a musician, but (laughs) a scientist. And um, so, yeah, I started when I was six and enjoyed sort of the social aspect of it and had some good teachers and been doing it ever since.
1: Well, you 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 should probably tell them why you chose the cello. Oh,
2: I mean, well, so one reason my sister was playing the violin and didn't want to do what she was doing, of course. Also, I just, like that I could sit down um, and they start violinists, they have to stand up. And yes. <laughs> uh, maybe part of me thought um, cello seemed more like a boy instrument too. Yeah. I yeah. not <laughs> And how did y'all meet?
1: Oh, that's, that's a funny question. I, I, it's not a funny, it's a funny answer. Excuse me. Okay. Um, um, uh, we, okay. So we were in grad school together. Um, And I was a year behind, but we're the same age. I just took a year off um, after undergrad before I started my master's degree. So um, we were at Northwestern in Chicago, and I figured out who he was um, just from orchestra. Um, But we didn't mix. You know, he was in the cello crowd, and I was in the violin crowd. So, I mean, those just did not mix. And so um, I guess I started talking to him at a party once, just, you know, hi, how are you kind of thing. Um, but then I didn't, um, we didn't really, you know, talk any more than that. And we were playing in a friend's conducting recital and we actually wound up sitting beside each other in the way that the orchestra was formulated. Um, and you know, we were five, we were on the last page and have a bunch of tremolos and all of a sudden I got whacked by a bow (laughs) like towards the end of the page and I was like he used me what was that and it was it was him who whacked me with his bow and so that I guess just gave us something to talk about after that and and that's how we started getting to know each other
2: and she also oh sorry go ahead well I was going to ask if it was accidental or not
1: uh, I think it was. Yeah, I don't so, yeah. even know if <laughs> yeah, I
0: remember
2: doing it.
1: Yeah, he, he would not be that far thinking ahead, I'm
2: not sure. It, it's also funny to note that, you know, there weren't too many people from the South up there. And, um, and we were both, I had been, I was in New York, but mostly raised in Alabama. And she's from South Carolina. So, And I had the typical Southern Swoop hairstyle. You know that's <laughs> which you still see going on a lot down here, um, and so. But I was pretty much the only one with that up there, so she she kind of knew that I must be. F-
1: it was <laughs> that he was quote uh, religious, and uh, I, I thought, oh, that's interesting. What does that mean? You know, being raised in a you know Southern Baptist mm-hmm, household, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well that <laughs> it just meant he went to church on Sundays. That's all it meant. So right, right. It, that was. That was interesting. Pretty
0: well, radical. Yes, right. Well, that's a good thing to do. Uh, <laughs> a good quality in a spouse, too, I think. Yes. <laughs> and
3: you have two kids.
1: Yeah. Um, Annalise is nine and Henry is three. And we have a cat. Her name is Lily. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kinds of things are the kids into? I know Annalise plays the violin. What else, uh, what else are they into?
2: Okay, well, um, Annalise is, most people at our church know that she plays violin, Mm -hmm. but really her, she has multiple passions. Um, One of her biggest passions is dance, and she uh, she dances five days a week, and she's uh, really into a very advanced level, um, and she just loves it. She's doing it at home. She's always moving. She has a big mat in her room, like a big tumbling mat. And she does all types of dance, ballet, jazz, what else? Lyrical.
3: Lyrical. You name
2: it. Wow. And um, she's just a really creative girl. She loves choreographing and um, setting, choreographing to any sort of music. And, um, and she, she loves writing stories. She's a really great writer. And she's just started the fourth grade and sometimes i see her stories she leaves them up like on my computer or ipad and before i close it, when she forgets to log out and um i'm like oh my gosh she's writing like real teen fiction <laughs> but she's also writing um like broadway musicals and plays where she has different voices so she just has you um every creative outlet you can think of she taps into it and violin is kind of Sort of taken um, second fiddle, if you will. It's um, well,
1: I, I don't think it ever was first fiddle. She yeah. just she just kind of does it because yeah. I make her basically <laughs> mm-hmm. once a week. Yeah. We get together for a little lesson. But She's she... very
2: talented at it, but yeah, yeah it's definitely not her first prior- priority these days.
1: And Henry as, as all boy. All he wants to do is play with his cars and trucks all day, and his fire trucks. And he's a big builder. He um he really likes the build police stations with his cars and, um, he's, and so you, they're very different. Not only do they look, you know, completely different, <laughs> but they also have very different mindsets and personalities.
2: <laughs> and, and those of, um, people listening who remember him from church, you know, he's been extremely verbal probably before he turned two and he's still that way. He's just, he, um, he's in a class where he's with, um, three, four and, and kindergartners. And he's just talking away with the teachers and the kindergartners. He's, um, yeah, he can carry on a conversation with anybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, there's
3: been
0: been so much to miss um, about not being able to um, be at church and, you know, in worship and in Making music and stuff, but also um Wednesday night dinners <laughs> to get to see everybody yeah, and um uh, especially Henry uh work in the room. So
2: um <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he would do. And he and Duncan would would team up sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, um speaking of church stuff, what are you what are y'all involved with at church?
1: For a while, um I guess it was about three years. We were um teaching Sunday school uh, with the youth, so we were there um I guess we all started well it was um when Andy Farmer was still here, um uh, gosh, that seems like ages ago, so we would either work with i think it was all together, high school and junior high, and then we started going with just the junior high for a while, so um we enjoyed doing that, and we've worked in worship care, running the preschool desk, and then also um the music ministry. Yeah. Um, just filling in when we can in the orchestra and we always love to, to play with the choir and something we've missed in the past. Yeah.
0: Well, and I have to say a word of appreciation to both of y'all for, um, helping to connect me with, um, other string players in the area for, you know, oh, Christmas yeah. programs and, um, shepherd concerts and other special events. Y'all have been, um, a wonderful help and resource in that, you know, I, um, Rowdy Giles was kind of my, um, Band or brass, uh, brass mm-hmm. and uh, wind guy, mm-hmm. and um, y'all have been great to to work with the strings and to help make that happen. It's um, a, a great chance to work with some really talented folks. So That's I thank you
1: for that. Great music to, to play in church, and that you want to have strings play in church. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody does, so yeah, we we love it.
0: Well, tell us about your um, music making uh the career part of your music making, um who you play with and where you're teaching and all of that.
1: I think this is one profession. Um I think it's the only profession in which you start your training in grade school. So um it's it's so interesting that we've been, you know, just in low lower elementary grade learning is starting to to learn our craft and here we are, you know, 30 years later still doing it. Um So, gosh, like, let's see, going through bachelor's and then master's programs, and then Samuel, you know, finished his, uh, did his doctorate, Um, so that's the collegiate aspect of it, but um, so now we find ourselves um, in the Sanford quartet at Sanford University, um, where we get to coach and mentor young string players, and we get to recruit, um, and Probably the the most fulfilling, I think, part for us is being able to play wonderful string quartet literature on a daily basis with our colleagues, Jeff and Angie Flanagan, who are just extended family for us now. So that's been so fun. Um, We also teach privately. We have our own private studios. um, And it's something that, you know, is always evolving. Um, When I was just finished my master's, I was teaching a ton of students, mostly beginners. Um, but now that we find ourselves in, in Alabama working at Stanford, I have less students, um, but more collegiate work. And then also um, we play a lot of gigs. Um, we're in a, a rock band, I guess you could call it. Um, it's a string theory, Birmingham.
3: Tell us about that.
1: Called- yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a string quartet, but with upright bass and drums. Um and we play all sorts of styles of music. So it could be Radiohead, it could be Dave Brubeck, it could be Michael Jackson, but uh and a lot of original music that our bass um bass player Abe Beck, has written. Um it's just a it's a really fun way to connect with the community in a different way. Um and I think we both really enjoy playing different genres and
3: mm-hmm.
1: um we also play a ton of weddings. Um that's also something else we really enjoy.
2: Yeah, so uh, let me I'll jump in here and um, obviously, um, String Theory, along with just about every other performing arts organization, has been sidelined with the pandemic. Um, we have our first sort of gig in a long time at the end of September. And so it'll be interesting distance and mask. But for string players, masking is not a big deal at all. So we're, we're very <laughs> fortunate. Um, question about our careers that's such a loaded question as you know um the sort of the stock answer we often give is we teach at Sanford playing the Sanford quartet um it's but, really
1: yeah sorry it's really hard to give a definition it's just <laughs> you have to be a full-on entrepreneur and mm-hmm. you know look for opportunities
2: right yeah so it's like we have a, there's an endowed quartet which is awesome and but but we're adjunct professors so um I guess we have it a little better than your typical adjunct. Uh, and, and like Caroline was saying, um, the Flanikins. I actually grew up with them around here. So we're mentors to me growing up. And uh, now we get to make music with them. And in the past, we would hit the road and recruit for Sanford. Um, it's going to look a little different this year mm-hmm. also. But um, So basically, a more accurate answer to our careers is that we're musicians. No, just leave it at that. <laughs> we teach a lot. I I right now between the age of seven and college students and adult students, I have about thirty cello students. So I have a full studio, and I'm very thankful for that, especially during the pandemic. Can teach online, um, but we also get to perform a lot with string theory with the Stanford Quartet, play with the Stanford Orchestra, sub with Alabama Symphony, which is. Um, another, you know, tough situation because they they don't have a contract for this year and so I, I really feel for them um, and performing arts organizations across the country that are shutting down or partially shutting down so um, definitely I would like people listening to this to do their best to support the performing arts um, and, and like Caroline was saying, we um, she said we like to play weddings, and we do. Um, she actually is the businesswoman of the family. I don't
1: know if I would say that. But. Oh, I mean, she's
2: great at it. And um, after the, the pandemic lull, weddings are starting to pick up, and uh, Encore Strings Birmingham, which is our LLC, and she's, she handles that. And our music camp, which we did have to unfortunately can't cancel this summer, um, is under that umbrella. But she's, she does all the work on the website and um and well, yeah it go was ahead. it
1: was a need that I saw that really that we needed um it started with wanting to have a camp because Annalise was at an age where I really wanted her to have an experience of going to a day camp where she just played her violin um and there wasn't anything around here for that in the summer and the closest thing would be to go to Atlanta where you know you have to pay for a hotel for for a week and food and then the, the tuition for the the school itself man, you know, between us and the Flanagans, we have a ton of students who would love to do this sort of thing. And to do it legally, we needed to, to create a name. So that's where Encore Strings are born. And then it helps because um, we run the wedding side of our, our um, business through that as, as well. And I actually really love it because I love programming music for weddings. Um, I love the timing issue of it. And, uh, it, it's just such a small niche of, of something, you know, you, you can do. And, um, I really love the challenge of, 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 that, um, aspect of everything.
0: It's so interesting to hear you talk about that just because I think people, um, who don't live being an artist of any kind, but especially a musician uh, where there's a performance aspect to it, um, how many different pieces of that there are. It's not uh, just a matter of, you know, practicing hours and hours a day and performing uh, every weekend. There's, there's so much more, the business side of it, the teaching side of it, the, the planning. And, um, you know, it's uh, definitely more than, than just the actual um, uh, playing of your instrument. There's so much more that goes into it. And um, yeah. Just, I, I think, it
1: feels like you need your own assistant to to actually give you the opportunities, <laughs> but and it, it would just be so easy if you could just play your instrument instrument for everything. But yeah.
2: that's that's the easy part, for the us. Easy right?
0: Part right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for kind of um, opening up a window into that world. I think it'll be really interesting for folks to kind of hear about a little bit more of the day to day kinds of things that um, a, a full-time musician, uh, is involved with. Thanks for, for sharing that. Um, yeah. I've been closing all of these conversations, uh, on the podcast every time with a question, uh, based on a Bible verse, John ten ten. the second half of that says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So my question as we finish up today for both of you is what is bringing
3: you life?
1: such a good question to ponder these days because i've never experienced a a daily life like it has been for the past few weeks and months and um i would have to say um reading is has been something that i've really fallen um to this past um six months or so um i've discovered harry potter and that's because (laughs) uh annalise really loves harry (coughs) potter so i finally felt like time to do that so i've been reading a bunch of harry potter i've found some yoga workouts on amazon prime that i like and i'm (laughs) believe me i'm not miss athletic so (laughs) um finding something like that Mm -hmm. that i actually enjoy and i look forward to doing has been fun um at i mean within limits come on it is exercise (laughs) (laughs) what about you (laughs)
2: um yeah i think there's so many um there's so many blessings and like silver linings to the pandemic when you think about it, um, you know, just the family time, which those with kids, you know, after a while you're like, okay, you can take them away now. <laughs> but um, um, just like Annalise has gotten so, for better or for worse, I guess, is so adept at technology. She knows way more about <laughs> electronic communication and about that than I do and um but just creative creativity finding activities to do um maybe she I could be say, your, your uh, music assistant your business yeah assistant. she needs to be yeah, our <laughs> manager we're her for that. <laughs> yeah, child labor um but yeah just i think there's and even professionally you know where we took our hits along with so many other people like the fact that we've been able to adapt and we are sort of diversified as musicians, um, we're able to um, sustain this and it, and it makes you, for me, I'm hopeful. I guess I'm generally an optimistic person, but I think there's a lot to be hopeful for next year and just thinking this too shall pass and in the future, Annalise and Henry will be able to talk about it and Henry will be like, wait, I don't have to wear my mask anymore. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, um, but I'm just hopeful, you know, right now is one of the darkest times for our country in terms of not just the pandemic, but the the, um, racism and um, all the issues stemming from that. There's just a lot of hatred um, going on. And um, I feel like, you know, it's, you know, it was intended to be. And, us for in a way to hit rock bottom, and we have to find a way to come back together. You know, personally and, and families, and but also as a society. So I have a lot of hope for the future and what things will look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <clears throat> and it's interesting, I
0: think, to ponder the ways that um, the arts can play a role in in that um, that unification, um, bringing bringing people together and just sort of dream about ways that 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 the arts and music in particular can make
2: that happen right and like there's people probably seen memes going around where um the arts have gotten people through that pandemic whether it's netflix or disney plus mm-hmm. or this or that um spotify you know um yeah you know we take we take for granted <coughs> what the what the arts do um for us so we yeah, I, I think that'll be a big part of the healing process, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we're glad to be part of it.
3: Yeah, uh, Caroline, I have to tell
0: you that uh, about a year ago, I found this guy on Facebook who uh, custom makes um, conductor's batons, uh, and <clears throat> I I purchased, I may have shown it to you, I purchased a, a baton modeled after Professor McGonagall's wand uh, <laughs> in Harry okay, Potter. Yeah. Um, so the the base of it is uh, really intricately designed and um, uh-huh. sort of modeled after hers, so: um, Well now and, I can
1: I really understand who that is. And yes, I I'm, I'm
0: I can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this has been um, such a treat to get to talk with you all today. I appreciate you um, uh, taking some time out and sharing a little bit about yourselves, and I know folks will be uh, thrilled to be able to to hear this conversation and. Um, get to know y'all a little bit better
1: yeah thanks for asking thanks for having us really oh, oh,
0: well thanks subscribing to this podcast will ensure you don't miss any future episodes today's episode concludes with the singing of great is thy faithfulness